0: Hi, Mark Freeston here with today's Daily Hope. I'm gonna be reading from and sharing about Psalm 52. Why do you boast of evil, you mighty hero? Why do you boast all day long, you who are a disgrace in the eyes of God? You who practice deceit, your tongue plots destruction. It is like a sharpened razor. You love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. You love every harmful word, you deceitful tongue. Surely God will bring you down to everlasting ruin. He will snatch you up and pluck you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at you, saying, Here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. But I am like an olive tree, flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. For what you have done, God, I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. And I will hope in your name, for your name is good. So the first part of this psalm, is that any way to speak about anybody? I mean, you may be uncomfortable with psalms that proceed in this way to say, when Jesus taught me I'm supposed to love my enemies and pray for people who persecute me, who is... David, the writer of this psalm, to speak of anybody in this way, is this ever okay? Well, one of the things that can be confusing about psalms is we don't know who wrote all of them and we don't know the circumstances under which they were written. But lucky for us, Psalm 52 carries what's called a superscription. So under the title Psalm 52, there's an explanation that this came from David when Doeg the Edomite had gone to Saul and told him, David has gone to the house of Ahimelech, Doeg the Edomite, not to be confused with Dog the bounty hunter, but there are some similarities because what Doeg the Edomite did is he ratted out David. This is the beginning of Saul's war against David. Even though David is the rightful king, he's been anointed, but David is now on the run and he has nothing. And so he goes to the priest Ahimelech in a village called Nob and he needs provisions, he needs protection. He needs weapons. He takes the sword of Goliath with him. But that day, Doeg, the Edomite, is on hand, and he sees David there. And sure enough, he rats him out to Saul when Saul has all the men assembled. And Saul basically challenges people and says, look, David can't support you or protect you. Why would you go to him? Follow me. And Doeg, the Edomite, rats out Ahimelech, the priest, and says, I saw David there, Ahimelech helped him. And for that, Saul says, put Ahimelech to death. And you know that all of Saul's officials refused. They would not raise the sword against him. But you know who does? Doeg the Edomite. And why does he do that? He's he's a foreigner. He's not even one of Saul's subjects, but he raises the sword and he kills 85 Priests, let that number sink in—85 priests—and then he goes and ravages the village of Nob, killing every man, woman, and child. And David feels responsible for this. And so, why did Doeg obey? Why did he do what he did? Because he did an evil thing. This is who David is speaking of. Okay, we, we need to understand it. it. It maybe doesn't excuse all of the language and the heartfelt emotion, but understand David is on the run for his life. And now Doeg has committed an atrocity. And why did he do it? Probably to enhance his standing with King Saul. Let me reread verses six through eight. The righteous will see in fear. They will laugh at you, saying, Here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. That's what Doeg the Edomite did. But David, verse eight, I am like an olive tree, flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. So in closing, I want you to think about how helpless a tree is. Trees are awesome, they often become majestic, they're often beautiful, but a tree is actually quite helpless. And that's a picture of you and me as followers and believers in God that if we're truly living by faith, we're helpless. A tree can't uproot itself and go to the water. It has to trust that it's going to get all the sunlight, all the water, all the nutrients that it needs. And we sometimes feel that we have more control than we actually do. And so we will uproot ourselves, won't we? And we'll go to the place where we find we can control current events or we can control what other people think or we can control our situation. But control is an illusion. You can flourish as a Christian, but you have to stay rooted. And when you stay rooted, you can't move around jumping from thing to thing. You have to trust in the plans, the purposes, and the provision of God and not fall for the temptation of seeking control.